Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Irish History Podcast. My name is Finn DeWire and this is Preparing for Pandemic, the Plague of 1900. I hope this show finds you all safe and well. This is just a bonus episode based on some research I did a few years ago, which is a bit topical at the moment. It looks at what were at times the humorous but frantic preparations that took place in Dublin in the year 1900, when there was a genuine fear the country would face an outbreak of the bubonic plague. Now the next episode of the podcast, which is part one of a history of coffee in Ireland, will be out on Monday, but it will be posted on Patreon today. If you want to get exclusive early access to that episode and all the bonus podcasts and audiobooks that are available for patrons, just check out patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast. While bubonic plague evokes images of the Middle Ages, Ireland has had more than one brush with this dreaded disease. As recently as the year 1900, ports across Ireland prepared for what they thought was an imminent outbreak of the Black Death, which at conservative estimates had killed over 30% of the population in the mid-14th century. What would be the last Great Plague scare in Ireland began after the illness broke out in Glasgow in August 1900. Ireland, with its constant and frequent traffic with this Scottish port, was immediately at risk of infection. The origins of the outbreak in Glasgow are obscure. Some claimed it could be traced back to a rat-eating corpse that had been left undiscovered in the city for several days. However, a more likely and less sensational cause was probably the increased traffic between Britain and South Africa due to the Boer War, which was ongoing at the time. There had been several confirmed cases of plague in South Africa where that conflict was happening as early as March 1900. One way or another, there's little doubt that the terrifying bubonic plague had returned to Northern Europe by late August of that year. Now, while this was disastrous for Glasgow, it posed grave dangers for the wider region, including Ireland. Ships from Glasgow's docks along the Clyde River traded with most major and indeed minor Irish ports. To make matters worse, large numbers of seasonal workers migrated to Scotland each year for harvest. If the bubonic plague developed into an epidemic, they would undoubtedly carry this disease back to Ireland when they returned home. 
The prospect of a plague outbreak was unquestionably terrifying. Between 1347 and 1350 it had devastated Ireland and indeed Europe. Death for sufferers was excruciating. Painful buboes or egg-sized swellings developed usually under the arms or the groin or neck. Black lesions also appeared under the skin due to internal bleeding. Some victims coughed blood and before their body eventually gave out the victims suffered frightening headaches and severe fevers. Now of all ports, Dublin was at the greatest risk. While the wider population of 400,000 people paled in comparison to several cities in England, the filthy conditions of the city tenements were among the worst in Europe and an ideal breeding ground for bubonic plague. The Guardian newspaper on September the 4th, 1900 carried a headline Danger in Dublin from Defective Sanitation. This reaffirmed a report on public health in the city published a year earlier on the squalid living conditions of the poor. That report had revealed how there was, and I quote, inadequate water closet accommodation in a foul state, backyards ill-paved and littered with refuse and excrement. The report concluded, these conditions tend to the production of a state of lowered vitality favourable to the contraction of disease and to fatal results of disease when contracted. This was complicated by the fact that the undernourished city poor would struggle to fight off any disease if it took hold. Facing this threat, Dublin city authorities were already acting by early September. A committee which met daily to prepare the city for an outbreak also did everything in their power to prevent the arrival of the disease in Dublin. All ships from Glasgow were subjected to a rigorous medical search by doctors. Open sewers were covered where possible. The often filthy tenement houses were cleaned and instructions were issued to whitewash walls wherever possible. Whitewash contains antibacterial agents. An attempt was also made to scour the city of rats, which helped spread the disease. Now, while plague may have posed the greatest threat to Dublin, other Irish ports also faced the grave possibility of an outbreak. In the following days, Belfast, Cork, Waterford and Limerick adopted similar measures to those in Dublin. In the coming weeks, even smaller and more isolated ports, such as Fennet in County Kerry and Westport in Mayo, followed suit. Now, as the death toll in Glasgow reached 13 by September the 8th, 1900, Petty politics in Ireland hamstrung these preparations to try and prevent an outbreak. As plans for quarantine hospitals were put in place, these soon ran into a quagmire of early 20th century Irish politics. When an isolation hospital was suggested for Cork Street in Finglas County, Dublin, this was opposed by local politicians, no doubt voicing concerns of people who did not want to live close to such an institution. This attitude became prevalent across Ireland. Many were unwilling to make sacrifices. When a doctor demanded a certain Miss Batten be forced to remove pigs from her house on Cattle Market Street in Dublin, this was opposed. A representative for Miss Batten somewhat ludicrously claimed he had, and I quote, never known disease to arise from the keeping of pigs. On this occasion, sense prevailed and the pigs were removed. Outside Dublin, there was little difference in the approach. In Limerick, where it was suggested that an old fort at Tarbert be converted into an isolation hospital, the local community who lived over a mile away were outraged and organised a protest meeting. No one wanted the plague, but few wanted to take measures to stop it. At Fennet in County Kerry, local representatives were outraged and mounted sustained and vociferous opposition to an isolation hospital being built there. Claims were being made that it was too costly and the decision to begin construction was repeatedly postponed. Eventually, the decision to build the hospital was voted through at a special meeting of Tralee Rural District Council. However, the attitude of one supporter of the hospital hardly inspired confidence when he said, 
We shall build a shed in Fennet, which we will call by the grand title of Intercepting Hospital. Ultimately, the authorities had little concept of what they were facing. When confronted with the stinging criticism on the already appalling conditions in the local fever hospital in Skull County Cork, the chairman of the Board of Guardians retorted that Skull, and I quote, was a very healthy locality and there was no fear that there would be a case of plague. Nevertheless, in such attitudes, all vessels arriving in Ireland from Glasgow continued to be subjected to rigorous checks. Meanwhile, the Glaswegian authorities not only isolated those who contracted the disease, but also those who lived in close proximity to them. This drastically reduced contagion, and by the end of September, there was a dwindling number of new cases in the city. In the opening weeks of November, it was clear the fear of a major outbreak had passed. On November the 10th, work on the highly controversial quote-unquote shed at Fennet County Kerry was abandoned with only the foundation complete. On November the 12th, 1900, the local government board informed all authorities that they could relax all precautionary measures. While Ireland had escaped the plague, the country's local politicians and authorities had not exactly inspired confidence. Perhaps their ineptitude was best typified by the reaction of a local politician on Nimrick Corporation when two doctors applied to the city for remuneration of expenses they had incurred. This member of the corporation claimed the bubonic plague was an imaginary scare started by medical men who wanted to make a good living. I'll be back on Monday with the first of two episodes on the history of coffee. You can get the first of those on Patreon today at patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast. Until next time, Sloan. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.